0: You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported.
1: Community Radio for South Central Indiana.
2: Good afternoon.
3: Reporting for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Cade Young. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday july 25th 2023 later in the program wfhb correspondent
2: brooklyn lambright spoke with local advocate sam mitchell about his podcast
3: autism rocks and rolls more in today's feature report also coming up in the next half hour lil bub's lil show a co-production between lil bub's big Fund and wfhb but first your local headlines
2: The Bloomington Board of Public Works met on July 18th. At the meeting, Assistant City Attorney Chris Wheeler spoke on behalf of the Utility Department. Wheeler explained an upcoming project they are working on to install stormwater infrastructure on the city's remnant properties.
4: Good evening, Chris Wheeler with City Legal. Uh, the Utilities Department <clears throat> is in the process of... Installing stormwater infrastructure throughout the city on any of the city properties that are considered remnant properties uh, in order to help facilitate uh, and accommodate stormwater runoff uh, throughout the city. There are three properties that have been identified in the staff report um, that was provided to the board in its packet this evening. One of those properties is owned by City of Bloomington and therefore Board of Public Works. Uh, This property is located in an area where brownfield uh, remediation has occurred in the past, and as a result, um, the Utilities Department is uh, taking steps to ensure that that these three parcels uh, do not need any soil remediation prior to the installation of stormwater infrastructure. through this process, Bloomington is, I'm sorry, City of Bloomington Utilities has applied to the Indiana Finance Authority to receive uh, funding to do the investigation and any follow-up soil remediation. The Indiana Finance Authority requires um, access to the property uh, so that it and its uh, um, contractor can come on the property, assuming that we are approved Uh, to have this financing provided by IFA they would need to come onto the property to do the investigatory work on the phase one for the brownfield investigation Uh, that is why we are presenting to the board tonight this uh, right of access or site access agreement and ask that the board review and approve uh, and sign the access agreement it needs to go in as part of the application uh, to the IFA I'm happy to try and answer any questions. The board voted to approve
2: the Indiana Brownfields Program Phase 1 Site Agreement 2-0. Next, Engineering Field Specialist Paul Kerberg explained that Duke Energy is beginning the second phase of their Bloomington Reliability Project. It will link the Dunn Street substation to the 11th Street substation.
5: Duke Energy is starting Phase 2 of their Bloomington Reliability Project. Um, This will link the Dunn Street substation to the 11th Street substation, and they'll be installing new transmission line poles and a few distribution poles as well. Um, This will be along North Dunn Street from 13th to 17th, and then along 17th from Dunn west to about Jackson Street. Um, They're requesting lane and sidewalk closures as they work along their route, and the temporary closures will be in place from July 19th, 2023, to about December 31st, 2023, and we've walked throughout with representatives from Duke. Um, we've identified a few problem areas, and we've been working very closely with them, and we've reviewed their maintenance of traffic plans, and it's very, very detailed on the sidewalk closures and lane closures. Um, there won't be any full street closures, but just lane closures, and would be happy to answer any questions.
2: Wells and Wells Construction, sought approval from the board for a sidewalk closure in front of 2038 North Walnut Street from August 1st, 2023 to May 31st, 2025. A new eight-story mixed-use building with commercial space will be under construction during this time.
6: Hello, Maria McCormick from Engineering. Um, Wells & Wells Construction is requesting a closure of the sidewalk in front of 2038 North Walnut Street For reference, it's the old Great Wall of China restaurant space or lot um, from August 1st actually until only May 31st of 2025 um, to install construction fencing around the perimeter of the site for the duration of the construction. There's a crosswalk to the south of this property that leads to the west side of Walnut Street along Miller Showers Park where there is a sidewalk. There's a crosswalk to the north of the property that allow will allow pedestrians to cross back over to the east side of Walnut Street. They're constructing an eight-use, an eight-story mixed-use building with commercial space, um, 172 dwelling units for a total of 463 bedrooms. Um, the project's construction entrance will be off the private road to the northwest of the project. Um, a condition for approval of this by the, pl- by the plan commission will require that a 10-foot sidewalk be replaced. Currently, it's a 48-inch sidewalk um, with a minimum of an 8-foot wide tree plot. Um, so the sidewalk will be rebuilt at the completion of, their, of this closure.
2: During public comment, Bloomington resident Greg Alexander shared his concerns about the two-year sidewalk closure.
1: Hello, uh, my name is Greg Alexander. this is extremely problematic. It's basically two-year closure. Um, like the Duke project you were just hearing about, it's going to be about six months, but they're only going to close two weeks at a time. you know. But this is going to be just straight up. They're going to put up the fences before they do anything else, and then the sidewalk's going to be closed for two years. And They're going to ask for an extension at the end of it. It'll take more than two years at the end of it. Um, we've got a lot of experience with this kind of project, and it's just completely inexcusable. Um, the crosswalks that they're recommending the use of are not safe crosswalks. Somebody died. At one of those crosswalks um, about five years ago. Uh, the cars are going about 45 miles an hour. Cars don't stop at crosswalks if the speed limit is over over 30. That's just an engineering fact. You can ask our engineers, they should know that. Um, and so drivers will not yield for those crosswalks and they will be very hazardous crossings. And there's a lot of traffic right there. So um, because there's a building just south of it, this is kind of like a dead area for for pedestrian connectivity, but it's not a dead area for pedestrian users. There are now a 1,000 people living just south of this proposed site, and those people need to be able to get to like the corner store for them. That that little gas station that's on the corner there is is where they're going to go to buy soda, and cigarettes, and vapes, and all the crap that kids buy. And in order to get there from the building just south, they're going to have to actually go south, cross the road, travel on the sidewalk, and then cross again. That's two crossings. The, um, MUTCD says that you have to, in a, in a closure, you have to rep- replicate the desirable characteristics. The most desirable characteristic of that sidewalk is not crossing Walnut Street twice. That is such an incredible burden to cross Walnut Street twice and to go backwards to do it. And it's just it's going to be for two years. People are going to be walking in the street. People are going to be jaywalking. People are going to be doing unadvisable crossings. People will get hurt. And there's one other detail from the MOT. It looks like they're going to preserve the bike lane. I'm just going to tell you I've seen a lot of these. They're not. So we're going to also lose that bike lane. That is a miserable bike lane, but it is all we have. Other than that, we're biking in the road and Walnut. And Walnut right there is very, very wide. We could put barricades and we could just sacrifice the lane of Walnut and put in a protected bike lane slash, you know, a multi-use path along the side of the road there where they don't have to cross the road. It would be on the same side of the road. We have plenty of space for that if we prioritize pedestrians that already live there over the drivers. But if we don't, then, you know, screw those pedestrians. So thank you. I highly recommend you vote this down. The senior
2: project manager for Wells & Wells Construction, Jesse Graber, told the board the project will not interfere with the bike lane on North Walnut Street.
7: My name is uh, Jesse Graber with Wells and Wells. I'm a senior project manager and will actually be the project manager on site for the four core here at the Hub Bloomington. Um, We are putting Jersey barriers on the backside of the curb so that we're not interfering with the bike lane. We will have one known um, street crossing for the new sewer tap that will go in, but beyond that, all work that is taking place is taking place on the back from the back side of the curb forward. Um, the reason we are requesting the sidewalk closure is due to pedestrian protection during the construction. We are beginning construction on the west side of the building and moving uh, to the east, which is why we've requested the lane closure sidewalk closure for the amount of time that we did, uh, we are confident that we can finish the facade on that end of the building and uh, open that sidewalk back up before the absolute duration of the project. But the bike lane will be protected by the Jersey barriers on the backside of the curb with the exception of the one sewer tap that we have to make into the street.
2: The board did not vote on the sidewalk closure and we'll discuss the issue with the staff in greater detail. The Bloomington Board of Public Works will meet again on August 1st.
3: In today's feature report, WFHB correspondent Brooklyn Lambright spoke with local advocate Sam Mitchell about his podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls, which raises awareness and works to end the stigma around autism. Lambright has more.
8: I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Day
7: after day, alone on a hill. The man with the foolish grin
3: is keeping perfectly Hi, folks, Having a good day today. Let me the first welcome
8: you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. For this episode, we are focusing on my new guest, Ryan Steiner. So let's welcome Ryan to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Ryan, how are we doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. So my first question to you is, what does having autism mean to you? It means that I
0: see things differently, and sometimes that's better, in my opinion, and sometimes that's not better. I get things in my own time, but I always get there. It helps me stick to things. Hyperfocus gets a bad name, but I love it. I love to be able to get good at something.
8: Me too, but hyperfocus can be good. It's what society calls obsessions. For the listeners, C205, practicing for future skills. Who says it has to be obsession? If it's leading us down the road of success, what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you had autism?
0: When I was a kid, I thought I was broken. I wouldn't be able to have all these things. It hurt my heart. I felt it physically, even though it was an emotion. But when I got older and I realized that that wasn't the truth and I start to really love myself, not just with my autism, but
9: because of my autism. You just heard from Sam Mitchell's podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls. Sam started his podcast in October of 2019, after falling in love with podcasting in his high school's media club. From there, his podcast quickly grew, and with the support of his mom, he's been able to create an entire nonprofit business. Sam has welcomed numerous guests on his show, from WWE wrestlers to doctors and autism advocates. Sam has had the opportunity to learn and advocate for a better awareness and acceptance of autism. Because of his podcast, he's had the opportunity to travel to places like Canada, Florida, Oklahoma, and Washington, D.C. to speak. Sam is also an ambassador for organizations like the Doug Flutie Foundation and the Make a Film Foundation. Sam was diagnosed with autism at the age of four. His mother, Gina Mitchell, says her pregnancy with Sam was normal. It wasn't until he began growing that she realized he displayed signs of autism.
0: So kind of from my perspective, Sam... um I had a very normal pregnancy. I was very very sick, um, but you know it's pretty common with pregnancies. So uh, Sam, you know, had a pretty traumatic birth, and then he was delivered emergency C-section. Um, but it really wasn't him. It was, you know, just kind of other factors. Um, and then now that we look back on it, um, Sam never, you know, looked at a camera whenever we were taking whenever we were taking pictures of him. And he didn't, he did not hit his milestones typically when kids do. So I just remember he crawled, stood up, rolled over, walked all within a month. All, I mean, just very, very quickly. He was almost a year old. I mean, and so we knew that there were some delays. Um, but then once he did that, uh, it, it was pretty classic textbook autism. Um, being an educator, I kind of knew what it looked like, but you know, I wasn't an expert in it by any means. So he, got, he was diagnosed with autism when he was four. And then, um, you know, th- there were hard days, uh, but there were also, there's also been lots of good days, you know, because Sam is a pretty incredible person.
9: School presented its own challenges for Sam. His peers were often cruel, sometimes ignoring him or refusing to play with him. Gina, being an educator, understood this was a reality all children face. But for kids like Sam, who often appear a bit different, socializing can be difficult. During his first podcast episode, Sam discusses his struggles with school. Eighth grade brought unexpected friends his way. He only realized afterwards that his peers were buttering up to him in hopes he'd put in a good word with his mom, the eighth grade English teacher. Sam says freshman year of high school was the hardest for him. Right now, new friends have found Sam in the form of fan mail. Autism Rocks and Rolls is making an impact on kids all around the country and in his own community.
0: You know, he would go to school and nobody would talk to him. And it wasn't because it's a bad school, it's just kids that age. I'm around them all the time. Um, you know, sometimes to them, different is bad. And if somebody is different, then they just don't really have time for that. Um, but You know, and so the school that he went to was phenomenal. Like, it's a good, good school system, but kids can be mean and cruel sometimes. Um, So now, you know, when he logs on and he's
9: got this fan mail, it's pretty cool. When people think of Sam, he doesn't want them to first think of his autism diagnosis. Sam has regular hobbies and interests like any other 21-year-old.
8: Yeah, there's more to me than just the autism. I like wrestling. I I like bonfires, like. Love rock and roll music. There's more to
9: me. Sam wants the world to know people with autism do not need to be fixed and they are not broken. Sam says he's become successful with autism, not despite of it. This is the message Sam had in mind when creating autism rocks and rolls. He wanted to change the language and ideas surrounding autism.
0: So that kind of became part of our mission was to destigmatize autism and really change the language. You know, um, I've done a lot of assessments with what's out there and it's it's very negative it's a very negative dialogue it's um you know like i just think back when he was diagnosed when he was four of course you know it's been you know 18 19 years ago we didn't have youtube so i read books but now you know like today a four-year-old would get diagnosed with autism so it's the caregiver mom grandma whoever is probably gonna to go to YouTube because that's where we all go when we want a question answered. And she or he is gonna watch- Google. Yeah, or Google, they're gonna watch a video. And when I did the assessment, it's all negative. You know, At this point, she's gonna walk away from the computer thinking their lives are over and her son or daughter has this terrible disease and disability, but I never thought that. And so we're, that's what we're trying to change is we're trying to get people to understand people are people and there's an entire population of those on the spectrum that are skillful, talented, and are often ignored.
9: The impact of Autism Rocks and Rolls has led listeners to contact Sam, expressing their gratitude that, quote, someone actually gets it. Sam has the unique ability to capture the realities of living with autism and placing it into an accessible audio format.
0: Uh, some of the best episodes that Sam has on his podcast, in my opinion, is when he's talking to a mom, or he's talking to somebody on the spectrum, and it's just—it's so real and it's—it's it's so authentic, and those are so helpful. Um, but
8: you, and we've had episodes. If I can interject, we've had yeah. episodes where they have some people on the spectrum who have listened to the show have said he, I'm someone actually gets it.
9: Yeah. But understanding and accepting autism isn't exclusive to those with a diagnosis. Sam and Gina say it's critical that each generation teaches their children about acceptance, even when someone acts or looks different.
8: Autism is not in the dictionary for them. It's, oh, okay, not there. Some it's like, oh, okay, cool, next page. But some, when you look at it, are there. We, here's the, the problem I have is those who are, don't have it in their dictionary in my opinion, I'm not asking you to bow down to autism. You have like all hail the king, all hail the king. I'm not asking that. But anything in your dictionary and the story, you can look and turn the page, mm-hmm. but it should not be ignored.
0: Mm-hmm. And it needs to be beyond awareness. We're aware. We're 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 past that.
8: And we're acknowledging it. And I do get props for it. For yeah, it says, yeah. Oh, we gotta we gotta go
7: higher.
0: Yeah, you gotta. It's not just. Um, it's not just awareness anymore like maybe it was at one point when nobody really knew anything about autism but it's beyond that it's critical it's critical that it continues to get better um we have to teach our kids we have to teach them at a young age you know uh doesn't matter what this group of people saying over here is that person sitting by themselves at lunchtime that shouldn't happen that's your responsibility to say, would you like to set with me? And that sounds very kind of like common sense, but these kids don't know it. They don't know, and, and then it's just the second they get uncomfortable, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not like invested in it anymore, you know. And, I, and so, so it needs to start, to start early.
9: Autism Rocks and Rolls has their event Summerfest coming up on August 5th. The event offers a scavenger hunt, cornhole, games, and prizes. The All Access Band and Duke Tomato will also perform. Tickets for the event are available via a minimum $10 donation. All proceeds go towards helping Sam continue his mission. More details on the event and Autism Rocks and Rolls are available at www.autismrocksandrolls.com. Sam's podcast is also available on all podcasting platforms. For now, though, Sam says he's taking his business one day at a time. For WFHB News, I'm Brooklyn Lambright.
2: Up next, we have Lil Bub's Little Show, a co-production between Lil Bub's Big Fund and WFHB. We turn now to that segment.
10: Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South-Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here is today's featured animal.
11: Scarlett is a domestic, short hair cat, just a little over four years old. She came to the City of Bloomington Animal Shelter because she had inflammatory bowel symptoms that were not under control. The shelter has tried a variety of medications to get her stabilized and on track, and they feel, with her current medicines, that she is doing great. She will have to be in a low-stress household because stress contributes to IBD, but Scarlett has handled being at the shelter while they investigated what would work for her. Many cats have stomach sensitivities but with the right care, they are just like every other cat. Scarlet loves to have her belly rubbed and is a very friendly, social, and talkative cat. To learn more about Scarlet, please reach out to the City of Bloomington Animal Shelter.
10: If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil' Bub's Lil' Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil' Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic.
11: The need for emergency preparedness isn't limited to humans, including situations where taking shelter or evacuation may be necessary. The American Red Cross advises that supplies for your pet could be added to your own emergency kit, or you may assemble a kit specifically for them. Keep items in an accessible place and store them in sturdy containers so that they can be easily carried. An emergency kit for pets may include sturdy leashes, harnesses and or carriers, food, drinking water, bowls, And a manual can opener if your pet eats canned food, a litter pan for cats, medications, copies of medical records stored in a waterproof container, along with information on feeding schedules, medical conditions, behavior problems, and the name and number of your veterinarian, a first aid kit, current photos of you with your pet or pets in case they get lost, and, if easily transportable, pet beds and toys.
10: Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB, produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org.
2: You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Brooklyn Lambright, Yane Sanchez-Lopez, and Noel Herhusky-Schneider in partnership with CATS,
3: Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Brooklyn Lambright. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. For WFHB, I'm Cade Young. And I'm Benedict Jones. Subscribe to Never Miss, another local news program. Stay tuned for Spectrum, exploring the worlds of science and technology. Coming up
2: next on WFHB Community Radio.